is a day I've been counting down the days for. Welcome, everybody. Thank you for tuning in. We've seen you lining up in the YouTube room. Welcome to the Witches Movie Coven. <clears throat> Witches, talking about movies. Um, I am Patty Negri, your host for this. And let me introduce you to my two co-hosts who are wonderful and amazing. We have the beautiful Heather Green, who literally wrote the Witches Bible on all about movies, lights, camera, witchcraft. And she's going to be our expert on all such things of films and witches and movie. And we have the wonderful witchy Jason Mankey, also author of many books, including the Witches Book of Spellcraft. And maybe he'll, we'll have him talk about a little about what we see with witches in the movies and not in the movies, what they get right, what they get wrong. And the other main person within this Witches Movie Coven is you guys. We are live. We are live. We want your input. Tell us what you like. Tell us what you don't like. Tell us if you agree with us. Tell us if you don't. Nicely, please. Um, so this is our first time out. We might make some mistakes along the way. We'll figure it out. As The ghost sisters are here. My dear friend Mandy. Oh, my God. I love the Ghost Sisters. They are great. They are over in uh, like the Tennessee area, whatever states I mix my states up. We do some fun things together. So, ah, this is awesome. So thank you. You guys are checking in. I love it. So why don't we move it over to Heather and tell us what are we going to talk about on our first inaugural live witches movie coven, Heather? Uh, well, we decided that we would start with three of the most popular uh, movies out there. And, 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 and honestly, uh, Patty and Jason, um, I recently did something on Twitter, uh, a little giveaway. And these were three of the top movies that people told me were their favorites. And we'll start with Hocus Pocus. We uh, move on to The Craft of course, 1996, and then we move to Practical Magic. And the reason these three things, these three movies are actually connected is because they were all filmed um, in the 90s and released in the 90s, which was a really popular time for witch movies. And, and they go from a satanic panic error to a time when witchcraft movies were popular and positive and fun for witches and non-witches alike. So thank you. I guess we should jump right in. So if we want to start out with Hocus Pocus, because there's a new one coming out, right? We've got Hocus Pocus 2, 20, 30 years later. Um, but the original, that was, I mean, we had good star power, you know, lead it off by Bette Midler. So um, let's start there. Jason, what do you think? What is your first impression out of Hocus the Pocus? Pocus to me is a Halloween movie because it's big and it's broad and it's not very accurate at all about witches <laughs> and the three Sanderson sisters who are supposed to be like the bad guys or whatever are not particularly scary you know they're people that you want to take to your costume party yes because they had fabulous costumes in all the right colors um and I see somebody's writing. It's a child movie and this and that. Right. It is a good kids movie. It is. I think it's a great kids movie, whether it's good about witches or bad about witches. Um, I mean, I don't think it would turn anybody who was going off that path. I'm not going to be a witch now because the Sanderson sis sisters eat little kids. No, and, and you know, and that's and that was what made it a a classic satanic panic movie. Uh, getting into the history of it because it was about. 
um, witches eating kids, which was the fear <laughs> during the satanic panic, essentially, not eating necessarily. But the interesting thing is, I, I saw somebody did write, it's a child's movie, and it was, it's a Disney movie that was that was created for a family-friendly friendly audience. But when it came out, it was panned because it was too scary for children and uh, too silly for adults. People didn't know where it went. And it was, it was one of those type of movies, similar to The Wizard of Oz, not to bring back to us one of our favorite movies, but similar to The Wizard of Oz, The Witches, which was released around the same time, it was too scary for children. The Sanderson sisters were. But it's a cult favorite now. I feel like it, it feels like a Disney ride to me in a lot of ways. <laughs> like the Pirates of the Caribbean rides or the Haunted Mansion rides. Like you could have gone through the Hocus Pocus ride and that story would have played out the same way in the ride. Mm-hmm. Yeah. My least favorite part of it is is the talking cat. I love Binks. I just wish he wasn't talking. I love Binks. I love the character. I just hate the moving mouth. I just, to be honest, ah. I have to be real about that. I just don't like the talking mouth. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> that didn't bother me. I, I like the Binks. Actually, my my cat, uh, Grace, his best friend, is named Binks. And he is a black cat who wears a great big rhinestone collar and a pentagram on him and they're in the backyard right now, I must say. <laughs> so the talking cat didn't bother me. Um, the part that I really kind of liked, and again, what I remember from way back then, is that the not not even counting the witches, but the girls were so strong. The little sister was so strong and the new girlfriend was so strong and boys got to screw it up and do this and that, and of course save the day. But th I, that stood out to me way back then. Mm-hmm. And, and the characters were over the top, like like Jason said. I mean, they, the witches were over the top, and the the performances were so fun. Yeah. It's, I'm the weird person who did not see that until last Halloween. <gasps> I was very poor when I was younger, and I just didn't get to see movies because they cost $4 to get into back then. So when, wow. Heather, when Heather makes fun of the mouth, I get that, like in a modern sense of the cat, but... And also, it's quaint and cute watching it today. And again, it, it makes me kind of feel like those Disney Park rides, because that's what it would have looked like back then. And I think it's a cute effect for, what, 1993, 1992? I think, I think it works. Yeah, I think so, too. So do you guys think that if it was released now... Would it not be too scary for kids now? Kids, you know, 30 years or however many years later, it's not too scary for kids? You know, that's a great question because The Wizard of Oz still scares people. I mean, mm -hmm. it still scares kids to this day. Would it scare people? Would, would, we have to, our, our 12-year-olds and 5-year-olds that are watch, watching that movie, are they scared by it now? That's a really good question to ask. I, I don't know the answer to. And I guess we're going to see how they transform or, or change the Sanderson sisters and how they're represented in the next couple of weeks when the next one is, uh, when the next one comes out, I think it'll be really interesting. Um, but you know, people aren't scared of witches the way they were back in 1993. They aren't scared that witches are, are inside uh, preschools can, you know, converting or harming children. So there <laughs> might, it might be different now. It'll be, it, it's a, that's a great question, Patty. Yeah. That, uh, yeah. Um, I don't know. 
I, I don't know either. I guess any of you out with kids out there who have kids, chime in. We just had one person ask, is there anything in it that was realistic? I think that would mean from the witchcraft, the magic spell crafting perspective. No, <laughs> not really. Though the book is like its own star of the film way. Yes. Right? Like It is. <laughs> it's like the most beloved witchcraft movie book I've ever seen. I think. <laughs> with the eye? Yeah, yeah. It, it, it's a character. Yeah. When I wrote the Witches Book of Shadows about Books of Shadows books, you know, like when you when you Google just Book of Shadows, that book comes up all the time and people are constantly making reproductions of it. And that's it. And the new movie is an actual sequel with Kathy and Jimmy, Bette Midler, and Sarah Jessica Parker. So that's, that's going to be terrific. Like if it didn't have Bette Midler... I don't think you could make it. You have to have those three women to make anything that's Hocus Pocus related. I, yeah. go on. No, I was going to say, I, I agree. That's what made the movie. And that is what keeps the movie alive in the cult uh, fascination with it is those three characters. Without the, Binks is, Binks is cute. He's a, he, he's like Salem. He's a, he's adorable black cat. But it's those three characters, those three actresses that make, keep this movie alive. Absolutely, Jason. I agree. Yeah, I always thought that Sarah Jessica Parker, though, was kind of a blank slate. I mean, she was a young actress, and she didn't really have a whole lot to do in the film. I'm really excited about the second one, because now she's as big of a star as the other two. And I'm curious right. if her witch character becomes bigger because of that. Yeah, maybe more layers to it, to the the, the dumb, goofy witch, maybe deeper dumb. <laughs> And she's not young uh, anymore, and that was a facet of the character. So yeah, but you you know what cracks me up? I looked on IMDb, you know, the Internet Movie Database for those you could look up every movie and who it is about the new one coming out, and and and, and it was showing the the actors. No, actually, I looked up the old one, and it showed the the pictures of of Sarah and Bet and Kathy, and they look exactly the same. They showed the picture of all the kids, and they're all grown up. I mean, way grown up. But that's what's like. Oh, well, the witches didn't have to age. I like that. The kids all grew up there in their 30s something or whatever. That cracked me up. Just go to the IMDb and look at it. They, the kids you don't even hardly recognize. And the others look well, exactly. I mean, maybe they picked up some witchcraft, you know, tricks while they were filming the movie. And one of those is perpetual youth in Hollywood or something. Well, That's it is a requirement. Quest. No. <laughs> um, oh, somebody just said that they saw that that they would they write a Roomba in the new. You know, oh, fine. I have a th I don't have a Roomba. I have a very crowded, very antique house, and I think it would just be too much work for the Roomba. But I've seen people decorate. And I think one of them is on here, Matthew. Um, you know, you could decorate Roomba as a little altar that moves around the house. You could do all sorts of really fun things. So I hope they have fun with a Roomba in the new one. <laughs> Yeah, that's an that's an interesting take on the broom, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, I, it's, I guess it would be a flying saucer. Uh -huh. So yeah. I know somebody is going, isn't something real? Isn't something real? No, not really. Not really. They're magic. They're. No, I, I think they picked up. They used pieces of um, witchy or kitschy lore. They used things like black cats and they had pointy hats and they had. Um, Cauldron. You know, they had a cauldron, so they had pieces that that come out of it, but it's the kitschy pieces that have been out and played around with. It isn't real 
um, none of it was actual, the spells, and if you, is that what you're talking about? The spells and the, and the needs and what they were doing, none of that was real. That was all campy uh, Hollywood uh, fun. Right. It's Halloween right. witches. Halloween witches. <laughs> it's Halloween, right. Halloween witches, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And it, and it is good because it is Halloween. And uh, again, Halloween time, we're starting this for Halloween time because Freddie and Jason, they get all the Halloween movies. It doesn't have to all be slicers and dicers and serial killers. There's some fabulous witch movies, even if you want to be scared or not scared or have fun. Um, so on that note, we'll wait and see about the new one that comes out. What, why don't we move on? Shall we move on to... The craft. Oh, three years later, oh. it, the craft comes out, and that changes. That gets us back to that conversation we were. Was anything real? Now, by the mid nineteen nineties, nineteen ninety six, everything begins to change for the representation of witchcraft. Nineteen ninety six was a watershed year. It was the year the Crucible came out. It was the year the Little Witches came out. It was the year the craft came out. It was the year. Um, uh, I think Sabrina started, and it was this year that we start to see a real revolution in the representation of witchcraft, and it becomes Wicca, and that's different. And the craft is one of the uh, um, heralds that uh, definitely, although not perfect, but it heralds that. <laughs> There's your history lesson. Continue. That's good. <laughs> no, we like it. I remember watching it. I was practicing when that came out, mm -hmm. and I was like. Okay, they got this right. They got that right. I don't. I don't know who that deity is. I don't know who Mama or whatever. Manon. Manon. Yes, I don't know who that is. But um, you know, they're calling the coroners, or it's like, you know, somebody was there figuring it out. To me, that was what made the craft so amazing. Was I saw things on screen that I was doing in my personal life. And I was a solitary witch, right? And I had never seen a ritual before. I had never seen anyone call the quarters. It was really exciting to see all of that in front of me on a giant screen. Because I did get to see that one in the theater. Because I knew it was going to be something that was more representative of what I was doing at the time. Absolutely. I had the same reaction, Jason. I remember seeing it and going, um, wait a minute. That's real. <laughs> Hold on a second. <laughs> Someone did the research this time. Um, yeah, that it, it was it was pretty refreshing. And I think that was the reason so many young witches, especially teens and 20s, just why the craft became such a cult favorite and why it's 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 a gateway drug, so to speak, to witchcraft. It became that it became a, a way that people went, oh, yeah, this is what it is. This is what I want. And you're so sympathetic to the four witches in the movie, especially mm -hmm. at the beginning of the film. Yes. Till about, what, three quarters of the way through? And then maybe your perspectives change a little bit, depending on whose <laughs> side you are. But we, those of us who practiced witchcraft back then were the oddballs, right? We, we yeah. were the others. We, we saw ourselves in all four of those girls, and that's what made it special. Okay, yeah. I see. Haley wrote, thank you, Haley. I do believe that you can have abilities inherited down to children. The craft opened one of my eyes to this. I personally believe that too. When I was a little kid, I would be in my little suburban Los Angeles backyard picking herbs and rosemary and mints and stuffing them in my mom's wallet and knowing that that would bring her more money and 
you know, she really didn't understand that at the time. Like, what are you doing? It's like money. It's for, you know, and then years later, you start learning about herbs and plants. Like, I, I just knew it from the beginning. So it's in the blood. There is, it's in the blood. Um, so, and then. I really love this one comment um, that someone's written up here. Um, I was just noting it while you were chatting. They said, that, I love the craft as it gave a lot of young witches permission to live out loud. I think that's a really great way to express it. I think that's exactly right. It gave a voice. It gave language. It gave permission to live out loud and and like jason said he saw the quarters being called and i was already i had already been in a group so i had seen it at that point but i had never seen anybody else do it and i'm like oh and there's butterflies and there's and there's certain i love the 360 camera where they where it spins around it was like that's capturing that feeling of being in that circle so and and we have to give a hat tip to pat devon who was the priestess who helped make that happen Right. And I see that Crystal right there wrote, I think they had a priestess to help set things up from a local Alexandrian couple. Was that an, is she Alexandrian? I I don't know. I know she was a member of Covenant of the Goddess, which is a national organization for witches. Do you know if she was Alexandrian? I had never heard that before. I knew that Mm -mm. she was in COG, but I didn't know if that she was an Alexandrian. So Mm -hmm. we don't know. That's good to know because I didn't know. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Lovely yeah. people checking in. Yes. Thank you. Um, look, yeah. And it's good. They have my biggest thing I, on this one. Again, there was not anything you're going to do bad. My, my thing is when they don't have an expert besides that they do us wrong. I, I worry that they could do something, actually something bad um, that causes, and to me, not so much, but going into horror films, I've experienced that. I, when you see those ones that are cursed, films that are cursed, um, it's like, well, energy, spirits, dark light, whatever, to me, don't really know the difference of an actor reading off a script. And if you have certain sounds and certain words, you're going to create that energy. Um, because again, when I had a friend write a film on an experience I actually had, but I sat down with him for five hours and I go, Laurent, you can't say that. He's like, but you said that. I go, I know I said that, but let's change that a little bit so we're not moving things around energetically. And so we don't become one of those cursed horror films where the actors die at 27 or something. Because I do believe there's power in sound, there's power in words, is which we do in our craft. So I do think you always need some kind of an expert there, both to give it some sense of reality, like all of us going, oh yes, west, water, oh east, air, oh look at that, yay. Um, and also that you're not you know, opening a portal to hell. <laughs> a little overstated. <laughs> The only weird thing about like having an expert on like, you know, there while they're filming is because there's an expert there, people might think that everything in the film is accurate when it pertains to modern witchcraft. And really, like, what percentage is accurate? 60%? 50%? I mean, I can't fly at the end, right? You know, there are things that happen at, at the I know, it's really disappointing. Not even on the Roomba. And I try, (laughs) but there's a point though, like where you have that expert, there's this thought, well, then it must all be right. And we know from experience that not all of it is right. Some of it is right. Right. Yeah. And, and Pat, Pat Devin, if I, if I remember correctly in reading it and, and I talk about this in my book is that she, she actually did an interview after I can't remember 
who it was with, but she talks about that very point is that she was an advisor. She didn't write the script. So she was an advisor and helped with getting some things right, which I think the best part they got right was that one scene in the in the woods where they call the quarters. That is the most right part of it. But when it goes off into the Manon thing and the, and the, at the ocean ritual, and then it goes, and then and the, some of that, that becomes more of the uh, layover from the horror movies of the satanic panic when we were afraid that teens were being corrupted or brought into a satanic type uh, ritual. So you have, it's still a border film it, culturally. So it still contains that. So you still have that end part where she goes, where Nancy goes crazy. Um, and that becomes more of a teen film, becomes a teen film, horror film that's layered with witchcraft. So it, it's no longer right anymore. It's no longer necessarily correct, as well as some of the other magic, you know, some of the stuff, like you said, we can't fly. We can't. What? Stop it. I don't, <laughs> no, don't. Sorry. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, why don't we, I know we've mentioned it a couple times, satanic panic. Maybe some of our listeners or watchers don't know what that is. What's the satanic panic? Heather? Um, yeah, uh, Satanic Panic, just real quick, started in the 80s, um, late early 80s. It was a uh, factor of the uh, conservative movement, political movement, or we swung politically uh, to the right and a reaction to the more progressive 70s and 60s. And then what happened was, is that people were fearful that... Um, that Satanists and witches were harming or corrupting children and teens. And it started around 1983 with a preschool, uh, McMartin Preschool in California. It started there with a court case. It actually started, it was more complicated than that, but that's the easy pinpoint that people usually say. And then it grew and it became this big cultural movement. It became so so much a part of our 1980s culture. And it really didn't end until... Uh, early 90s and then it slowly tapered out i mean we if you just watched what's um stranger things you saw them showing the satanic panic elements of that um in there as well um with the hellfire t-shirts and dungeons and dragons so that was all part of it so the 1980s 1990s was the end of it and and the craft was the bridge movie I thought it was interesting in the craft where the owner of the shop who is sort of the good witch, there are a lot of Christian overtones in that show, right? It's like, it always felt to me watching it, like this is a witch, but she worships the Virgin Mary or something, right? <laughs> and that almost makes it okay. Maybe that's just me and that's what I picked up on. But that's what it always felt like to me that it was like something just a little bit different from most what most witches at the time were doing. That's true. Yeah, maybe, and maybe that is so John Q. Public, who doesn't understand what the craft really is, they could, oh, that's a good witch. They couldn't see that's a good witch unless you had a, a Virgin Mary or something, maybe. I don't know. All right. Just, just There's a comment that says that's Santeria. And there's certainly sort of that feel to that. Uh, um, but again, I don't, like, I'm not sure that uh, somebody who owned a Botanica in Los Angeles at the time would have welcomed all of those girls in there, especially with the shoplifting and everything else too. <laughs> <laughs> but I think yeah. it captured, I think it really did with all of the criticisms we can have. And of course them using magic to enact revenge and stuff. There's a lot more to it going on with as a teen movie, as a, as a exploring teen life and being outsiders and magic layers onto that. And then 
you have that beautiful that magic scene that beautiful scene stands out in that in that um in the woods uh and i keep referencing and the one where they go into the field the butterflies and stuff there's something yeah. so magical about that scene you could almost lift it out and say oh this is this is what did it this is this is the magic i love yeah. the, the knife the knife is in that scene it's about trust right like mm -hmm, when they come mm -hmm. in they put the knife to their chest and it's like, do you love these other people that you're with? And if you don't, then you can't come into the circle. You have to trust all of us. And and that's real. That is done. I can neither confirm nor deny. That that <laughs> I'm confirming. Oh. <laughs> craft secrets. Craft secrets. Yeah. I also always felt like the beach scene started really well. Yes. Right when they call the quarters and things. And I'd always have dreamed of recreating that scene with with my own witches, right? Like, and just to be there at the ocean and stuff. It's just, it's beautiful. And then it breaks down into Manon and we all get yeah. you know, disappointed. But the beginning of it is really nice. So you, would yeah, you be beautiful. Nancy in that scene then if you reenact it? I, I don't know who I would be. That, that's a good <laughs> question. <laughs> our, um, my yeah, wife it, would probably have to be Nancy. Ah, no, and I, I mean, I'm a, I'm an LA girl. I, and I really did start it out with this little group called Long Beach Women's Spirit and we would do it at the beach. So that was like home, home, yes. And then the special effects got way more than special effects we ever had. It's like, oh, we don't get those tornadoes of what, you know. <laughs> but... I think the fun, the other fun part of it is that they explored, um, uh, I don't even know the word for it. Some of the teenage games that a lot of teens play, regardless of whether exploring witchcraft. Lit, yes, uh, light as yes. a feather, stiff as a board. They did that, and they do. And a lot of this stuff is very much part of teenage life: exploring the outer realms, exploring their power, whether you're a witch or not. And so yes. everybody did uh, light as a feather, stiff as a board. And then there was another one where we did this. Um, so in light as a feather, if you haven't seen the movie, um, usually three or four people, one person lays flat. And in the scene, it was um, uh, Rachel True's character, Rochelle, she lays flat. And then the other three witches put their fingers and it's just this right under the body. And you start chanting light as a feather, stiff as a board, light as a feather. And you continue chanting this. And then the person's supposed to rise up. I have seen it done mostly unsuccessfully um when i've when i've seen it done but it, i can't i have to admit that we did it as teens as well as a we did it game. as we did it as teens as a party game and i saw it as a very much an adult and they picked up and we, it was this big fundraiser this big hollywood thing and they didn't do that we started out with i think she's dying i think she's dying i think she's dead i think she's dead and then we went into the light as a feather stiff as a board but that's how we did it as kids and we were we thought we were able to get them lifted up amazingly well for two fingers but i was years later and this was still years ago i was at this big high-end fundraiser thing for something muhammad ali was there and for it was a real kind of a spiritual woogity not witchy per se but more new agey I saw Muhammad Lee, Ali lifted up with two fingers by this little, I'm a, who, you know, <laughs> this big, strong, all muscle boxer. I, I watched that. I watched that. I mean, they didn't do this, the, the stiff as a board thing, but they did that. They did it I, in my, in front of my eyes. That's amazing. That's pretty cool. No special I, effects. I used to do it with my church youth group. Like we'd have overnights. And everybody in the church youth group would always want to do stiff as a feather, light as a feather, stiff as a board, or they'd want to have seances. 
And at the time, I'm president of my church youth group, but they they saw the occult in me at a young age, and they were like, Jane, I this. <laughs> yeah, it's like seances, the same thing, yeah. 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 One, yeah. Of, the, Which one I... of the great things about the craft is like the, the a lot of the magic in certain spots is really accurate, which watching it on the screen, I always really loved. Mm -hmm. Yes, it was beautiful. Yeah. You know, it goes, and somebody did mark it. Why, does, why do they say often go, go dark and make the witches go dark? Because that's what people want to see, for one. I mean, you look at, you watch news. It's not the good news if somebody helped the lady across the street. It has to be scary. You watch, you know, I, on the, t I'm on ghost TV. That watch the, you know, we don't go to the place where the ghosts are hanging on the chandeliers, having a good time because this is where they got married or where they had a party. No, you go to the insane asylum and you go to whatever. That's what people want to see is that, whether it's a scare or a jump scare or whatever. So I guess... That's why, but they don't make us evil the way they used to, right? Most of the time, right? I think we get both now. <laughs> I think you get yeah. a combo. You can't ever get rid of the Wicked Witch character. <laughs> it's never going away. What I love about the craft, though, is at the end, the movie concludes with um, the main character, Sarah. She is, she's still a witch. Yeah. She's still a teen. She's still a witch. She's still, she still doesn't know what, and she made the right choices. She made positive choices for herself and for her community. So there was a positive message there. Again, it's a teenage movie, you know, if you're good, if you're good to your friends and you're good to yourself, you win, whether you're a witch or not in this case. So the store, so the outcome is the same, but she's still a witch and she didn't have to give up her power, which right. was the saga of so many witches in the past and movies. I always thought the ending, like parts of it didn't ring true, especially Rochelle's character. Like she had empathy for others. Like mm -hmm. the, the girl on the swim team that she hates, who's mm -hmm. racist and terrible, Ben Stiller's wife now, like, you know, her hair's falling out. And Rochelle like, is sad for her at, at points in the film towards the end. Like it feels like she has remorse watching the expressions on her face. And then for her to be uh, sort of like, a really negative antagonist and follow Nancy always bothered me because it never really rang true for me. The interesting thing about uh, um, that I, I learned in writing my book about, about Rochelle is that a lot of her backstory was cut and you can read about that in Rachel True's book that goes along with her tarot deck. She writes about these pieces and how there was um, more, I don't know, I'm not sure if it was just in the script, I can't remember, or if it actually was filmed, but there was originally, a she had a family. You know, you see you see Nancy's family, you see elements of the backstory of, um, uh, uh, I'm losing the name of the character, um, not Sarah, anyway, Bonnie. Bonnie, thank you. So you see Bonnie's character, and um, you see these backstories, definitely Sarah's. So... Um, you don't see, really get a sense of, of Rochelle's backstory. And, uh, and it was cut from the movie. And Rachel talks about that in her book, about how that happened. So we really don't get enough of Rachel. And that may explain why we don't under, why you don't understand that, why there's a dis, uh, an incongruity in her behavior. Maybe, maybe there's a missing story there, uh, a missing, even if it's just a shot or a scene. Oh, interesting. I don't know. And speaking of that, that's interesting that you said that she, Rachel True, has her own a tarot deck now, she, right? Mm -hmm. So yes. I wonder if, if any of these girls, they're hired actresses, obviously, young at the time, if, if this inspired them to go 
look into the craft as something or if they were already there or if they're just playing off that they did a, a witchy movie because Feruza Balk, she bought a store right here in LA after that movie. One I went to like constantly <laughs> right yeah, here in Hollywood. And, and, and I read Rachel's book. That's how I, uh, I, I know about it. And she talks about having always had a, a spiritual connection. I don't think this movie, um, from what I understand, of course, I'm not her, but um, I believe that she already had some kind of spiritual connection, and this, um, this just this sort of helped it, or or just was not that it helped it. I think this felt right to her. I think that's what how she phrased it. It felt right to her playing this character, and yeah, now she has a tarot deck and she's a reader in L.A. I, I can't remember what store. You would probably know that, Patty. The Green Man. <laughs> Oh, Green Man. Okay, oh, there, you, there go. you go. You know, that's you go. yeah, one of my two favorite stores in LA. Yes, great. I've been there for years and years and years. Yes. Mm -hmm. Um. So yeah, somebody did wrote. What did they just wrote about how it taught the misusing power? So I guess again, if we're going into morals of stories, how you misuse going into the dark arts, how that's taken away from you. So, um, looking at the points of things. Ooh, Green Man. Yes, people are talking. So. <laughs> hi yeah, griffin well, hi carrie hi everybody my friends yeah that's i mean a... i love that all sequences for the magic that they used right mm -hmm. and you know some of the lessons were easier to learn than others but i've had friends who did magic and they had similar results like the obsessed person that you wanted to fall in love with you and then you're like well maybe that didn't work out or the i need money spell and i know this person who did one of these and then her husband lost his leg. So they got money, but there were serious consequences mm -hmm. to how they got that money. Um, yeah, so I, I love those lessons in that movie. Yeah, yeah, it, it is cause and effect, action and reaction, whatever you want to call it in all the witchy turns. Now we have a question from Raymond Ortiz. I wonder if a witch can draw upon the light and the dark and maintain a balance walking a dangerous line, but I guess only a few can do it. What is your thoughts on that? Let's go now into the real craft. We are all practicing witches. Can you walk the line of light and dark? Go ahead, Jason. <laughs> uh, certainly. <laughs> I, I think so. Like, uh, the, the the last book that I had published, The Witch's Book of Spellcraft, has some spells in there that some people think are pretty nasty, that are kind of aggressive. Like if a bad thing happens to you, here is something that you can do. And I, I think those spells are valid. I do think, though, if you live in that world all the time, there are going to be consequences. If all you do is put out negativity, that's probably all that you're going to get in return. So, but yeah, certainly there are times when we need to be more aggressive with our magic as witches. But if that's all we do, I, I think there are probably negative consequences. I, and I completely agree with that, um, with that statement. I think it, it, it mirrors, it mirrors life. If, if you're not, if you're listening and you're, and you're not uh, a witch, it mirrors exactly a, a life um, a lesson. If you live constantly in the negative, like Jason said, you're going to be, it's going to affect your life and it's going to come be drawn to you. And I think that's the same with magic. Um, you can hex and be do baneful magic. You can do those things uh, with uh, the knowledge of how to do them and when to do them and carefully and, and controlled. And you can do, you can't always live in the light either. That's not positive. There are places right. where you, where you need to do that. So I, I definitely agree with, with that statement. 
I, I, I do too. Well said. No, I agree too. And again, the early days of like love and light, love and light, love and light, love and light. Yes, love and light. But there is the dark side. But my thought against why, I, why, I, yes, and there ha it is. Thank you, Raymond. It's about a balance. But I've, I just choose, I think you have to live in the world you create. Like if you're doing all this, I'm controlling people, I'm controlling people. That means you've created a world that where you can be controlled too. Hexing, hexing. If you live in a world where you have to do too many hexes, you're creating that reality for yourself. So now you can be here. But if you stay the balance away from that, because to me, I've been able to pretty much, except for protective and, you know, uh, defensive stuff, been able to get, create everything I kind of wanted by going positive magic. And then I get to live in a positive world because we create our world, whatever you want to say, magically good or bad. Mm -hmm. We have a local witch who curses everybody. Like if you look at her sideways, you know, she wants to hex you and her life is completely miserable. And I'm like, well, it's pretty obvious why your life is completely miserable. I mean, all you do is put misery forward. What did you expect yeah. in return? Yeah. Yeah. And That's I know true. people who do too much dark and you're going to get what you want, but all of a sudden, they're like the crankiest witches I know, and they're the angriest, and you kind of get paranoid. Of course it is paranoid. Again, yeah. it's creating that world. So you don't yep. have to do it. <laughs> you, you build your world. You, 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 get what, you get out what you put in, um, and, yeah. and that's just the reality of it, you know? Mm. So, and that's with magic or with anything. It's what it is. Right. And as it showed with the movie The Craft, is that we move on. Somebody wrote, as a gray witch, it's a term people use, I go, I go with yes. I mean that some should know that the dark is well for the light for protection or defense. I don't hex or harm unless it is very much needed, which is very rare. There you go. Yeah. It's balance. So thank you. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Malcolm. Um, so again, I think the craft actually shows some of that, the consequence and cause and effect, action, reaction, whatever that is along the way. Um, so let's move on, shall we? Uh, where are we going? To the practical magic now? Practical magic. One of my absolute, absolute, ab my number two movie in witchcraft movies, I must say. So practical oh, wow. magic. Okay, well, Heather, since you are our uh, witch movie historian, you want to give a little layout of what this is? Sure. So um, Practical Magic um, was put out in 1999 at the very end of the 90s, just before we had the Y2K disaster, which never happened. And we turned over before before so many things changed in the world as the Internet was coming online. I mean, he had this movie come out and this was sort of at the end of all these wonderful witchy things going on. We had starting with the craft. You had Sabrina. You had charms. You had um buffy the vampire slayer had a great witch in it we had a ton of really fun wiccan movies and i say wicca because that became the, the buzzword in in films yes. at that point um more than witchcraft but then this practical magic came on and it's a rom-com witches don't get a lot of rom-coms and this is a true rom-com this is let's go to the movies with a glass of wine and let's well i guess you can't go to the movies with a glass of wine but <laughs> this you is can that, in los angeles I, oh you can well well i mm -hmm. guess so not here so this was a total rom-com and uh, i remember going to it when um with a bunch of witches and it was like eight of us and we sat there in the row and watched this movie and it was so fun and um it 
it's a feel-good movie. It's Sandra Bullock, and I'm, you know, my my mind is blanking right now. So someone's gonna have to put up the actresses. Nicole Kidman. Nicole Kidman. <laughs> yeah. My mind just went blank. Um, Nicole Kidman, Soccer Channing, who I love, Grease, and Diane West in Aiden Quinn, as you can read. Um, and it's the story of these two young witches who come into their own magic and um, are looking for love or not and trying to figure out who they are in their family and their community. And um, the basis of the movie movie is acceptance of difference. That's really yeah. the essential idea. And the, and the difference here are witches. So it's a fun movie about love, about community, um, and a little Halloween. Yeah, and a little Halloween, and witches fly. Um, uh, what <laughs> Haley wrote us is practical magic open the mind for people to be more open-minded to people with gifts. So again, yeah. witches weren't just witches doing spell crafting. They had other gifts along the way. Well, the, also the movie ends with people accepting the witches, right? I mean, mm -hmm. and that that's a huge step forward instead of, you know, the witches all lose their power and there's only one left or the, uh, the Sanderson sisters go back to being dead. Now we're getting to the <laughs> point where the witches are welcome in the community for the first yeah. time, right? It is sort of a bow, like on the gift of the 90s. It is. And it's a normalization of it. And I, and I talk about that in the book is this sort of this normalization of witchcraft because it isn't, it's a, this is small, this is small town, New England is, is what the premise is. It, it's a, it's a Salem-esque setting, this tiny little town. That's this perfect community that once, you know, gives this hint that at some point there was hangings and, you know, whatnot. It's, it's this, uh, you know, acceptance and normalization, not only, are these witches accepted at the end? They jump off, they're wearing their little hats, it's adorable. But they also have a herb shop that looks like um, right out of, uh, you know, any kind of cute little store you might get in, 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 a, in a town. It's, per you know, this perfect jars. And per let me tell you, I ha no witch's cabinet ever looks that perfect. I've never seen one. But no. it's, it's, per it's a perfect little shop, like trendy little shop. They're also PTA presidents and PTA members and they're head of the call chain. And I was like, wow, a witch is ahead of the call chain. That's so mm. cool. They're, they're normalizing the existence of witches as a family. And Midnight Margaritas. Right. Yeah, and midnight. It's all about the midnight margaritas. I was like, so I think this this spell needs midnight margaritas. Yeah, and how her shop was like, what what do you, what do, you do when Aiden Quinn was asked her? I make, you know, shampoo and lotions and body creams and, you know, yeah. with all her herbs and oils. And that is like every corner has one of those now. I don't think they did so much then, but now they do. Yeah. Mainstream, mainstream. Yeah. It's They're normal women for the most part. And as people point out, you know, they kill husbands and stuff. But like they could be your neighbors other than being like two of the most incredibly beautiful women to ever walk the earth. They're very normal people who could live next door to you, which which yeah. is really different. They're not the goth kids of the craft, right? Now, no. now we get the housewives and things. The you know strong women with kids who live in suburbia or whatever it is. Yeah, it's like an updated Bewitched in that way. It has it has that element. They're just they're just it's a normalization. Except they embrace being witches. Well, I guess Sandra Bullock's character fights it for a while, but. Um, but I love the scene uh, where they have to do the um, where they have to get the demon out of the out of the dude. 
and they need what 13 witches or need a crowd of witches they can't have just the three of them or the two of them i can't remember it was three of them at that point so they're like we don't need we just need brooms women and brooms and us they get the whole town of women to come in with whatever bro they might even have had a roomba i don't know i think um, they had a, a whatever you call the pre-roomba the hand vacuum the hand yeah they did whatever and, you call they, that yeah they had all these brooms coming in and they had all these candles and all these these women came together and that felt so nice to see women coming together even though it wasn't yeah. they weren't witches coming together to do that scene <laughs> but they, i'm but sorry they came, yeah <laughs> that they came in the power to do it and create it and they cast a circle and they did it was it was pretty awesome Oh, yeah. pretty awesome. And yes, Jason has pretty curls. Yeah, I'm just I reading I, I just wish I could gather up witches that easily when I need to remove a demon from somebody, right? I mean, that the best? Because yeah. I'm sure that you two both often deal with that too. All the time. Yeah. All yeah. the time. Yeah. No, I have no problem gathering witches here in Atlanta. We we're good. We're we're on it. They bring yeah. all their brooms yeah. and stuff. <laughs> Yeah, I have no problem either. But I live in Hollywood, so hey, you know, mm -hmm. everybody's got a broom. Uh, 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 more yeah. curl comments. This is lovely. Oh, Jason, you are our beauty witch. I love this. I think um, so. I'm on I the road. So. I'm in an Airbnb kitchen. I, I like feel terrible tonight. I'm like, you know, like is just my wait. hair good? I, I just don't feel it. So thank you all. <laughs> it is good. So you don't have to feel it. You look it, and that's what counts. Yeah. <laughs> the witch's movie coming with Patty Negri, Heather Green, and Jason's Golden Locks. Yes, and Jason's Golden Locks. Um, yeah. So everybody, this is our first live presentation of this. We did a little sneak preview. We pre-recorded something again, just trying to figure out what we are doing. But I, maybe as we're still we're still talking about the movie, but we can tell a little bit about each other. A lot, not everybody knows me, but a lot of this audience is pulled over from my Witching Hour audience, which I love you guys, and which you guys have both been guests on, and I hope to have regular guests. Um, but I've been practicing craft for decades I don't even want to say how many I think 42 deck no I don't know a long time decades um I have a school now I have my podcast and it is about my whole gift is about be a witch don't be a witch I don't care it's about take your power back about empowerment um and again I even think this we're going to get an audience to do really fun things e even if it's under the talking about witch movies um so why don't you guys introduce yourselves a little since this really is our first time out who you are what you do maybe a little bit of your past or your background or how, what your your path um, Heather. so yeah so uh <laughs> so i am um, started researching um studying occult practices and i say that because i started with tarot and astrology back in college as many people do um i i more or less grew up secular so it was kind of like this was a, a venture into spirituality and it really called me and i loved uh you know the um the tarot and i love the astrology and eventually picked up the big blue book by bucklin and other witchcraft books and um you know that's all she wrote and that was good for me i've studied um wicca um and uh been studying ever since and uh, i'm also a film historian so i have degrees so at some point i said wait a minute i want to merge these two so that's what led to my book which we held about here it is life camera witchcraft because it's a look at you know what we're talking about and and that's to me was really important from to do that from a witch witch's perspective because i can look at the movies and say wait a minute 
that's real or that's not real when someone who's hasn't practiced or someone hasn't been involved in the community um, can't see that. So it really wasn't a, a this was a mission and a, the book was a mission and a project of mine that was really important. I'm also an editor at Llewellyn. I work with a lot of wonderful witchcraft and occult authors who write about this stuff and uh, yeah, yes, possibly, hopefully. And um, I, I love. Um, no, I was pointing at him. I wasn't oh, saying no. me. Oh, oh, I was you. pointing I at Jason. You were saying me. Um, no, no. Well, actually, hopefully one day. But yeah, I was pointing maybe. at Jason. He's already Llewellyn. Yeah. Yes, and and Jason is. I I I am not Jason's editor though. Um. Uh. And but yes, Jason is a Llewellyn author and one of the many. And and there's so many of them. And I, it's become. Um, more than just a spiritual practice and a path, it's become my entire life, which, uh, you know, dreams come true. Um, and I love it. I love listening to people's paths and the way they're experiencing it. And like you said, it's a positive path of empowerment. And I think that's, that's key. I love that. Yeah, I do too. And what I learned from your book is that I just didn't realize how many movies involving witches there were back from the creation of movies, right? We'll talk about this as the weeks go on, but from like when movies like late 1800s, when there were movies, right? They were doing witch movies, right? Yeah, they, they, witches have been part of the world um, since, since we can, or since humans been around. And, and, the, and yes, we've had witch movies since 1896 when I got started. And I was surprised as well. And so I love it. I love writing about it. I, I do the journalism covering it um, on Religion News Service. I have articles. I love working with, I love, love being surrounded by this conversation. So I'm so happy to be here chatting with everybody. Yes. Thank you. And a thrilled, honored, happy to have you. Okay, Jason with the golden locks. Why don't you tell everybody who you are? That maybe Bradley Heather matter. is not my editor at Llewellyn, though <laughs> we still come into contact with each other there and she's always encouraging. I loved like the occult and weird things from a young age. I was that kid who always read the books on the Loch Ness Monster and Bigfoot. And right next to those books are the books on vampires, werewolves, and witches. And so I started reading all of that at a young age. I did my first spell between seventh and eighth grades, uh, you know, and it worked and it scared the crap out of me. And I didn't pick up another witchcraft book for six years, but then I did eventually and fell in love with it almost immediately. Uh, just, I love the history of witchcraft. I love sort of the folklore history, and, but I also love the modern history of how people came forward in the 1950s and said, hello, I'm a witch. It's my religion. It's what I do. And that's an amazing thing to be that brave to kind of break those social taboos. And I've always been interested in being a writer. I always thought I'd be a fiction writer. But then after blogging online for a while, I ended up writing books for Llewellyn. And I love to write about history to a degree. I have a book on the history of the horned god of the witches, which is probably my favorite. You know, so, a book about the history of some traditions. And the latest is about doing magic as a witch and how we break all of that down. And I love just documenting all of that things, all of those things. I think it's so important to share what we do and to share the little bit that I've learned with other people. It's exciting to be a full-time witch because that's all yes. I do now. Is, Isn't is it? Awesome. I think all of us, this is our profession. Mm -hmm. Isn't that a trip? Yes. I, 
I, we again, lucky, blessed. <laughs> We're good. Dream witches. come true. Dream come <laughs> true. Really. And Heather mentions the Big Blue Book by Buckland. I'm on the road because I'm researching a biography of Raymond Buckland, which will be out in 2024, unless I get really behind on it. And then it'll be out in 2025. Let's hope for 2024. <laughs> yeah, I, I have that book not 10 feet away sitting on my shelf there with amongst everything yep. else. That's like the, the requirement. How you go, oh, wait, there's chapters. Okay. What do I... <laughs> um, so you guys, this... This is what we do. It's going to probably morph like life does along the way. But we want you guys to tell us, what do you want to talk about? What is your favorite movies? Do you want to talk about decades and eras? Do you want to talk about good witches and bad witches? Um, Spellcrafting in. Um, you guys can follow us, like us on all the social media. We are all on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram. Please look us up. We'll post that on all our places on YouTube and stuff. Um, and we want you guys to be as equal part of this with us. And, oh, is somebody writing? So, Becky, we'd be flocked. Flogged. Okay. We'd be flocked or flogged. Flocked right. is kind of fun. If they throw you in honey and then they put, no. Uh, um, so yeah, I'm sorry. I squirrel. I went. I have to get used to these little things. So we have lots to talk about, but we want your input on that. Oh, somebody wants to know what our traditions are. Okay. Before we low, we have a few more minutes. If anybody, however much you do or don't want to talk about it, um, I, Jason, go first this time. Well, I'm an initiate in a British initiatory tradition. And I also run an eclectic coven where I live in Silicon Valley, California. Like eclectic Wicca has always been like one of my favorite things just because it feels like a Petri dish where I can try all kinds of different ritual and uh, my poor unsuspecting coven. So, uh, you know, those are my two favorites. <laughs> I also like Greek recreate, uh, reconstructionist uh, things too. One of the things I love about like the magical world is there are all these different places that you can step into. There's all these different ways that you can do ritual or practice magic. And I try to do as many of them as I can. Okay. And while you're doing that, tell people where they can find you while we're here. We're going to list it anyway, but. Oh, yes. Um, I'm on Instagram and Twitter at Pan Mankey. That's my last name, M-A-N-K-E-Y, with the god Pan before that. I'm also on the TikToks periodically. And because I'm an old person, I'm also on Facebook. Um, I'm really easy to find. I'm one of only four Jason Mankeys in the entire wow. country. One of the other ones is a minister. And I feel sorry for him, and yet I don't. It makes me really happy. <laughs> That's great. Look for the witch, Jason Mankey, or Pan Mankey. That's beautiful. Okay, Heather? Um, I am initiate of Eclectic Wicca. Um, I practice solitary now, although I'm still a, uh, that's where I started and still member of that coven. Um, and that's what I've done almost entirely, but I'm all, I also love, um, solitary folk magics and love studying the folk magics of, um, our, uh, of our country, which I'm working on, I've been working on a book on that. That fascinates me. The simple, easy magics that you need to do, like when you're looking for a, a parking spot or, or so things like that in the kitchen. So I love that basic folk magic stuff as well. Um, and let's see, where can you find me? 
Is that what I'm supposed to tell you? You, you can yes. find me on all the places. I don't do the TikToks, although I do have an account there. Um, I am mostly on, most active on Twitter, um, and there I am, Miraselena01, M-I-R-A-S-E-L-E-N-A-01. Um, that's where I'm most active. I'm also on Facebook and um, Instagram. Um and there are other Heather Greens. There are many other Heather Greens. And the most uh, prominent one is a whiskey et- expert, um, which I'm totally cool with. So I like sharing the name with uh, one of the top whiskey experts in the country. <laughs> wow. That's pretty good. Thank you so much. So you guys like them, follow them. Um, um, I, am, I started out, again, that 80s, very Wicca, very... This is what, and even that was still eclectic. I'd look, oh, I'm not Diana. No, I'm not this. I'm not that very eclectic in my work. I keep going more and more elemental in everything I do. But then it's like, oh, I like some ceremonial stuff. And then, oh, but I like chaos magic. Oh, I like traditional British craft. So I am, so I can't, I'm a witch. I can't even, I'm so eclectic. Eclectic doesn't even quite suit me anymore because, you know, I like a buffet. I like, again, the one thing I believe about our belief system is that we create, it's our path. Whatever path you're taking, that's our roadmap so we can navigate. So some parties like this map or that map. And I like that we're all open with that. So find your path or mix them all up like I do. Um, you could find me everywhere, bathroom walls across America. I should stop saying that, huh? Um, Patty Negri, Psychic <laughs> Medium on Facebook. That's the only one I actually at this point have a blue check because I get lots of fakes. I will never contact you. Uh, Patty.Negri on Instagram. Patty Negri on, I love you guys called it the TikToks. That sounds so bad, wrong. <laughs> TikTok, just TikTok. Um, us in China and on Twitter, Patty Negri. So again, come back. We're going to do this again next week. And if you guys like it, maybe we'll do it forever and ever and ever. Um, and then we'll do the sequel in 30 years. Ever. <laughs> um, we don't even know what we're going to talk about next week, do we? I thought we wanted people to tell us what to talk about. Like we were gonna I think we do. Yeah. What do you guys it, want us to talk about? I did so see good. somebody talking about uh, asking about mentioning the Covenant, which is a movie uh, that is from the 2000s that was all for um, teenage boys um, as witches, which is something very different. I don't know if we want to look at male witches and and talk Ooh. about our favorites is something you know a little different. Yes, I think that's a great idea. I don't know if people want to hear about that. Do you guys want to hear about that? Let us know. Um, so maybe that could be, maybe we could have a couple subjects. Like we had a couple movies today. Maybe we could talk about the covenant and male witches and boys and maybe one other thing. I don't know. Um, you guys, thank you. You guys, your input has been amazing. Keep it up. You could all the social medias. We will see everything you guys are writing and asking us. You could email, you could, YouTube, it's it's a small world these days. We're everybody together. But thank you. You guys have just been amazing at, yes. at commenting and giving us your comments and your questions. And that's exactly what we wanted. So what do, do we want to come up with a sign-off or something like that, you guys? I don't know. Did we just cackle? What? Yeah. <laughs> we should just cackle. Okay. You guys cackle with us whether you have a microphone on or not. Because sometimes we just have to practice our cackle. I think it gets rusty sometimes. Okay. Uh, three, two, one. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs>
the witches movie coven patty negri jason mankey heather green come back next week same place same time bring the popcorn see you then